When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. With thanks to iSuzu, the iSuzu D-Max is born to live. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Great to have your company on Crunch Time. This is not Joel Kane because Joel Kane is missing in action right now. Joel, if you're out there somewhere, text in 0457 736 736. It's Adam Peacock with you uh, for the next two hours before the live action starts up again here on SEN 1170 a bit later on. And with me in the studio on this early Saturday afternoon with the rain falling outside, Paul Sirenen. Good to see you, mate. G'day, Adam. How are you, mate? And All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Yeah, and, and, and Seeds when you're... Bring him on, mate. But uh, nice to be here. Nice oh, you can intro with me if you want. Anthony Seabold's <laughs> here as well. Right. Right. Great, great to be here with uh, with you and Ciro, Adam. Yeah, we're talking some footy over the next two hours. It's half time for me, basically. I just did um, crunch time. And, uh, uh, this is crunch time, sorry. I did the yes. Mowers Club. <laughs> basically babysitting uh, Nick Davis, uh-huh. who was going to stick around but couldn't because he didn't want to disappoint Trent Robinson. That's one man you don't want to get on the wrong he side. He did have his rooster strike suit pants on. He looked very official, mate, ready to go, go and change their fortunes, the roosters. So. Mm. It'll be interesting that one, the Sabo, won't it? Against the dogs, given yeah. uh, what, and we will get into it in a greater detail later on with um, Gus taking training through the week, which got a few headlines, <laughs> which is fair enough. Just a couple, but uh, well, he, he's got the runs on the board, Gus. So it's 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 just how it's it's reported, I guess, mate. It's um, just strange. I know, I guess, yeah, Seabs could give you more of an idea how mm. if someone was to come in and take over your side for a for a session, how you, how you would feel about it. But apparently, it was mutual. So. Apparently, um, when did Russell Crowe come in and take over South Training? <laughs> no, he didn't. No, not not in my time there. Oh, damn, um, that would have been a bloody good story to start the show. He, he came in plenty of times, like, coming to the meetings and stuff yeah. like that, which was great. I, I thought that was fantastic that he showed that type of interest. But no, he never he never got on the field with us. <laughs> did he ever give a what was it? What was the line from Un- Unleash? Hell or something like that? Did he ever say that before <laughs> no, the Roosters no, game? Was, no, not in my time there. But he's a very passionate mm. supporter and. Um, he was, he was great to have in and around the boys when I was there. Yeah, this is crunch time. It's on SEN 1170. Uh, we're up on the Gold Coast as well, 1620, and on your digital radio in Brisbane on SENQ, as well as listeners on the SEN app. We've got the podcast happening as well. If you're listening to this retrospectively, thank you for listening to the app. There's a bit of rugby league news around, as always, as we go into May on the back page, front page, all over the pages as well. Um Today, story about free agency on the back of the Daily Telegraph. So basically collating all the figures to say that this is going to be a bonanza with free agency uh, with another team coming in. That, and that's the, the big question about what that does to the market. Does it distort the market? Ciro, right now, if you were off contract, would you be pretty happy with life? Because you know that con- destiny is very much in your control. And if you play well, you're going to be remunerated well. I think so, mate. Yeah. And, 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 Particularly, my manager would would feel the same way, I guess, too. You know, if, if you're being 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 shopped around, if you had interest from a couple of clubs, but it's um, 
It's all about timing, mate. Everything in life's about timing. If 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 you come off, you know, at, at, at particularly with a new new club mm. being introduced into the into the NRL, it's uh, it's it's fabulous. So there's plenty of talk around the marquee players trying to get a marquee player to to, to the Dolphins, but mm. mate, they, they they well they need thirty players on their books, don't they? So there's there's going to be some really good opportunity for guys who are they might be player twenty two to thirty in, in other terms mm. rosters, but. You know, we'll probably get a start up at the Dolphins. So it's, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. That's the thing about the Dolphins. They haven't got that marquee name locked in, Seves. But you'd imagine they've got to get it right because they want to hit the ground running as a club. But they could go around and really make a dent in your talented. We've been talking about it elsewhere, about the the meat market is the 17 to 20-year-olds who are just about to break through but can't maybe, if they're at the wrong club, they can't get a go because the pipeline's blocked by established first graders. Do you get the feeling the Dolphins are going to try and tap into that or do they need that big marquee name? I think they'll tap into that younger market because Peter O'Sullivan, he's been at a number of different clubs. He's got a really successful um, history of of identifying first and foremost um, talented players, but then actually recruiting those players. So, um, you know, the most recent one was Reese Walsh to the Warriors. He was Mm. at at New Zealand at that particular time. So he's got a great history of doing that. I think a lot of young players would love to be coached by Wayne Bennett. So there's some real positive things there for the the Dolphins. The the, the big thing that, um, you know, you said, Adam, was, you know, if you're playing well at the moment and you're off contract, then there's going to be opportunities, um, you know, for you to consider. And, and I think that's where, um, you know, the Dolphins uh, actually start to flood the market because some players off contract will be open to having the conversation with the Dolphins. But then also there's other teams who are trying to improve. You know, if you look at the teams, I suppose, you know, the bottom four or five teams, they're always trying to add to their roster. So it's a really good opportunity. So you might look abroad to Super League. There's been some really good uh, young English players added to our competition over the last sort of decade. So, you know, there's other markets you need to go and have a look at as well. And, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, if you're a player at the moment, then there's some fantastic opportunities. How how did you approach it as a coach? I don't know how in control of cap management, recruitment you were at either South or Brisbane, but can you paint a picture as, I'll give you an example of a player X, four rounds in, he's off contract and you're negotiating and then player X gets Dalian points three, 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 three weeks in a row. Is there, does it go, okay, <laughs> rip that up. We're starting again. Does that take place around this time of the year, April, May? Well, every negotiation is different, but if you're getting, you know, three points in the Dalian, you know, in consecutive weeks, you're obviously playing some really good football. So, of course, that would add to, um, you know, what the, the, you know, the manager or the player is actually looking for. If they're performing well, well, then, you know, in some ways they deserve to be compensated for that. Um, as a head coach at South Sydney, for instance, um, you know, we had a fantastic experience operator in Shane Richardson there who was the general manager of, of football there. He did a fantastic job managing the salary cap along with, with others in the organisation. And really, as the head coach, you're only one person within a, a group. And, and the, the, the clubs that I've been at, uh, Melbourne, South Sydney, Brisbane, all have retention and recruitment committee uh, committees. So the head coach is just one person in that particular room. There's a bit more to it too. Like you're, you're playing well on the field, but you want to make sure that, you know, you know that a particular player works in well with the, the playing group. Yeah. They, but their contribution off the field is, is, is really good for the club as well. So there's, you know, how they perform at training, is they're buying with the club as well. So there's lots of, you know, other little factors too, how they gel with, with, with you know, mm. different players on the field. So, um, you know, 
that's probably all taken into consideration too, I guess. Oh, definitely. Yeah, seems, yeah seems that's to, that's character, isn't it? What you're talking when you're, about? Yeah, so. well, that's right. You want to recruit, but the, the big thing is now recruiting good people as well. That's 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 really important for your organisation. Getting getting that right. When's the busiest time of year for recruitment in your guys' oh, experience? I think it's constant. Every every, every week of the, every week of the year, mate. Yeah. Depends, I've, yeah. I've got to say, when I was at Brisbane, it, it was a constant. Every sing, every single day, there would be at least one conversation, one meeting in and around retention or recruitment. Um, yeah, you know, so it can be a real distraction for, mm. for a head coach if you don't have good people around you, but um, it's just constant. We'll have a review a bit later on, um, a deeper dive into Gold Coast and also Penrith from last night. And last night's game on the Central Coast, which Souths 40, uh, Manly 22. But the big talking point, Carl Lawton, uh, four weeks with an early plea he'll get for tipping Cam Murray nearly on his head, on his shoulder in the end. Cam was very lucky. Ciro, you take on the send-off. Uh, yeah, yeah, warranted. Yeah, mm. I, I, I thought so. And given the, the general climate in the game at the moment with, you know, with, with Simbins and bits and pieces, I mean, that, that that's probably a send-off every day of the week. And, Breaking the tackle down, you know. I mean, Lawton got him, and he didn't sort of. He got into a bad position, and instead of pulling out, he, he kind of he drove him down well, too. He, he finished the tackle off, so that's he jumped, didn't he? Yeah, he jumped with yeah. the tackle. That's just a. I mean, thirty years ago, it's, it's a great tackle. It, it's just you know, but that's you know, and I, I I struggle sometimes to come to terms with. Wow, how can that be a send off? You know, and you've got a bloke and you pick him up and drive him, but. Yeah, in this day and age, you know, things have changed and views mm. on, on, on you know dangerous throws and whatnot. So that's that's what it was, and he you know he'll, he'll probably get you know a month on the sideline at least, I reckon. Yeah, that's what he's got. Um, Seebs. Yeah, so again, he was going to spend some time off the field. There's no doubt about that. Whether it was a, it was ten minutes or, or or sent off, that was probably what the uh, referee had to make a decision on. Um, so yeah, there's no doubt that um, you know it wasn't intentional. It was actually a really good hit, yeah. but he went on with it as Ciro said. So yeah, I've just seen before we come in, he's taken the early guilty plea from what I understand. So there'll be a month on the oh, sideline. He's already taken. Yeah, it's it's funny, obviously being a rabid Manly fan watching it. I used to be. <laughs> that changed. <laughs> when it happened, as a Manly fan, you go, oh, that'd be right. Like last week, Tupo nearly takes off another mm. player's head and doesn't get anything. And then there's that huge reaction through the week. Oh, that'd be right. Of course he's going to go. Of course we'll pay the consequences for the total swing around. And then once the blood pressure and adrenaline calm down at half time, you go out, get a cup of tea, come back, and you look at it again on the half time show, and you go, Oh, that was a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> that was That's a, really a bit nasty, one. that one. Yeah, yeah, that was a really bad one. But knowing Carl, like I chatted to him a couple of weeks ago for a story for, for Code, he's actually a really, really good guy. And one of those characters you're talking about, Ciro, like a, a really good club player. He yeah. went to Manly with a ruptured Achilles. From like, the Warriors, that's right. From they the Warriors. It was, it was a strange one, wasn't it? They, they signed, signed him, him and, yeah. and Des did his due diligence on his yeah. character as well, yeah. knowing that yeah. he's not going to be a distraction. Yeah. He's going to come back. He's not going to want too much too soon coming back from injury. He's just a good character to have around the place. But, yeah, look, it, it shouldn't come into it. Your, your standard of character yeah. in the tackle. It's got to be judged on the actual tackle. 100%. And, and, yeah, that's judged in isolation. So I think that's a fair enough result for, for all parties. Mm, uh, anyway, Manly were brave though, Adam. You, you must be proud of, of the way they sort of stuck at it. I know the scoreline got away, but yeah. I thought they competed really strongly. Oh, I hate losing the Souths. So I don't know if you like this when you were a Manly fan in your past <laughs> lifetime, Ciro. But... Well, I used to have two, two boys playing for a, a, a yeah, club, exactly. mate. So, and, and, and South South put some scores on uh, on Manly over the years too. Don't worry about uh, that. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, they, uh, there's a pretty good rivalry. And, and there's always been, you know, I've, hmm. I'm a bit older than you, Blakes, but I remember in the 
even in the seventies, the rivalry between South and Manly, it was always always pretty good. So, hey, um, we will touch on greater uh, in greater detail South and the standard of South at the moment and their reaching, and also Manly. But Sarah, just back to that tackle, Carl. It was actually through the week. I sh- I saw this on social media, a Balmain Penrith game back in the day when Leichhardt Oval 88 yeah, big crowd yeah, 20,000 back of my head's got not much uh, grass on it and that was <laughs> Leichhardt Oval that day so uh-huh. it was like like rock hard the yeah. ground there was a tackle I forget who it was gets tipped uh, tipped on their, literally their head ball yeah. spills out play on Mick Stone says yeah. goes out the back line Benny gets it and gets absolutely impaled <laughs> by one of the Izzard boys uh. there's three send offs in 10 seconds right there in the modern yeah. day do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. When it happened? I, well, well, I actually threw the ball to, ball to Benny. <laughs> <laughs> I saw his arm coming. Oh, 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 here he comes. Yeah. Catch this, Benny. Yeah. But, uh, mate, he, it was a great hit too. He just floored him because he hit him high and it just his legs went out from underneath him. And But uh, to, to his credit, Benny, he was a, he was a tough, little, tough little bugger. So he, he got up eventually. But, uh, yeah, but the looting too, mate, the first – but the first ten minutes there was just the place getting belted off the ball because you were two pretty hot sides yeah, at the time. Yeah, you know, well, well, and 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 we were playing for a semi-final berth too, so it was, you know, and you know, uh, uh, Penrith had a you know, Cartwright, Guyer, uh, Kel, Peter Kelly, you know, Royce was up front too, or uh, Matty Goodwin. Matty Goodwin blocked just went hammer and tong at each other. So <laughs> too many shrinking violence oh, in that one. Like, no, no, that's why I stood out the back and just directed traffic. So. <laughs> But uh, no, it was, it was on for young and old. But yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. But back then, like, would anyone like that? You have a look at that spear tackle now, and you go, "What? How was that legal?" But the ref was right there, saw it. Yeah. Was there any like? Was it a case of I'll get you back on the field, or was it oh, complain always, to the ref and try and? There's always square ups, and and the good thing about referees were that they'd say, "Right, mate, you've, you've got you've got 20 minutes to square up with him for that." Or, oh, really? Okay, you've, if you've got a Blake high and hit him, it's a right. You square now. That's it. So they would, they'd run the game like that. It was it was good. It was good. So they would say, you know, if, if you got whacked and, and and they they missed it or they you know, got a report from the touchy, they'd say, right, chance to square up. That's it. Let's. Get on with the footy. So uh, good old day, Seeps. Yeah, 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 good. Just, just love watching that. on, mate. Just the flow of the game was was was, was great. So, <laughs> are you are you okay though that they've cleaned it right up oh, these I think days? So, mate. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, and, and and obviously there's all the stuff going on with uh, particularly yeah, Royce Simmons has got the big walk. He's he's been diagnosed with a dementia mm. and, and and whatnot too. So, but the off the ball stuff was was the bad stuff, you know. And 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 I'm talking sort of just before my time and. Blake's passing the ball and you count it one, two, three, then get hit, get hit late and high, and just you know that. It's not tough. It wasn't tough. It was, it was cowardly, honestly, trying to mm. hit a Blake when he's not watching off the ball. That's 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 not a go at, at all. So, but um, that, that you know that, those days there was one camera, one camera filming the game. So in the back play you could get away with that stuff, and you know, if it was mm. knees and knees and gouging and squirrel grips and all that sort of stuff, mate. But yeah, they. Uh, Jim Carman's come in and you know, it was, you know, mm. back in the 80s and cleaned it right up. And, you know, it, it had its moments through the through the late 80s, but it generally got a lot better, you know. It, it mm. was been cleaned up as they brought more more, more vision in and more, more camera angles and whatnot. You you knew if you were if you're a bit stupid, you're going to get caught. So, Well, these days, some of the biggest hits seem to be um, from the Seabus Super Stadium security guards. <laughs> There was another one last yeah. Another one last night. So, look, you, you were on the Gold Coast recently, weren't you? Ah, last week, yeah. No, I, did, I didn't get to the uh, to any of the, uh, the Titans the games. games. Is it, uh, what are they? I know Gold Coast 
things can get pretty loose pretty quickly up there. But like, <laughs> Hallelujah. Again, <laughs> they're, they're enjoying themselves at the Seabus Stadium, aren't they? Yeah. So. Melba's, Melba's back in the yeah, day. Mel- <laughs> it was another female. It wasn't as brutal as the hit. On the uh, yeah, it was, the the young lady who had her shirt off, but I know I heard that heard the crowd and because uh, the yeah, cameras in at the yeah and play the ball there was and, nothing happening. Was and then there? You, you heard the crowd, like you thought, oh, there's another one, there's another one. <laughs> you knew what was going on. Should they show it? Should they show no, it no, on no, TV? No, no. Well, that's what they want, mate. They want their, their five seconds of fame. If you're a pitch invader or streaker or whatever you want to call them, but. You know, you uh, was it five and a half grand? It's an expensive run. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, it's not like going to set that's off a, an avalanche of pitch invaders yeah. at five and a half grand, is it? Well, you you got to be crazy to spend five and a half grand for what were that? What was that lady on there last night? Thirty know. seconds yeah. a minute or whatever. I don't know. It's expensive. It's a good night out. Five and a half grand. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> weekend. <laughs> good weekend. Um, there was an injury though through the week that made every human being wince, especially the male half of the population. Channel Harris Tavita ruptured testicle. Yeah. Ever had anything like that? What's the what's the worst one you oh, cops here well, on Seeds? You know, we all got you know, you're waxing the in the cag bag, but But look, yeah, it, it and it's but but footy or cricket, but I I I copped a couple and it's it's that pain. He, he, mate, he's. Yeah. It was funny because you know, obviously, I, I watch the Warriors games. I've, I've got a bit of buy-in with mm. Bailey there, but and he, he was off his game. Chanel was down, and I saw him down. I thought he's he's not not quite right. In the second half, when they got they were getting pumped, he wasn't doing much in in, in defence. And I thought, what's you know? Um, but mate, that's a that's a f- legitimate excuse. You know, ruptured testicle is that's brave. That's yeah, beyond. Never happened to me, uh, yeah. but I've, I've heard of players uh, playing with with, you know, with that in the past. Yeah. So, I, yeah, like it would be crazy the pain, I would have thought. Uh, did you ever coach anyone that you're looking at them and you're sitting in the box and you're blowing up? You're going, oh, get up. Stop bludging. <laughs> get up, stop this, Stop that. You get back in the room and you go, oh, oh really? Yeah, cop one. Yeah, no, I've, I've, <laughs> I have, I've seen He's that when I've coached you, before. Yeah. yeah, so get out of here because you always talk about it and this goes back to, to – your day, zero, and before you, you know, the coach used to always say, you, you don't stay down when you're defending. You know, that was always the, the catch guy. You, you had to get up. Yeah. So, you know, of course, you know, if you see someone sort of bent over, you think they're winded, and sometimes they're not winded. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just got a rough yeah. yeah. Wow. Can you give us a player that you're amazed at their their ability and, and throw it open to both of you that you, you didn't realize in a game that they were going through something and then you get to the end of the game and you're oh, what you played with a pop shoulder or you played with a broken jaw or something like that and you're just amazed that you go wow i didn't realize mate that that is incredible oh, oh, been, yeah there's been plenty hey, so, examples of that mate. yeah you know, i mean one one just i mean the, the euro coach Sal, sam bird just a number of times i mean i know he's so famous for um what he did in the, the 2014 grand final oh. but to, to be fair, like week to week, you know, he, he just played. He played. He played injured. He played tough, and just um, yeah, just what he what he um, put his body through for the team, uh, mm. for the club, it was amazing. Yeah, he was the one that always stood out to me. I just thought, you know, he's just a brave guy. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I, I it probably Gary. Yeah, Gary Jack lost a couple of teeth in a game at, at, at North Sydney Oval. You know, mm. bringing the ball back from, from a from a dropout, got hit with an elbow. Teeth gone, mate. After the game, he was back out there looking for his teeth. Uh, full time, he was, <laughs> mate, looking in the grass for his teeth somewhere. So he had to help us. I, I think he did. <laughs> or he, 
That's I think a... you sent a bill into the club for <laughs> dental work. Don't worry about that. He would have done that. <laughs> no but, wonder uh, Balmain League's club went under. Oh, exactly. He was, yeah, he, 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 was, he was too tough for his own good too. There's a few blokes like that. So. Yeah. Well, along, this line, along these lines, on the text line 0457 736 736, um, Sarah, who is the toughest player you came up against? Uh, this is from Mickey from Mascot, and there's a second question to that that I'll back up with right after you answer the first one. Uh, hard to say, mate. I mean, mate, they're all tough. If you're playing first grade, there, there, there's a degree of toughness. There was a, but there was a couple of blokes you wouldn't run at. You know, mm. you would think I'm not going to run at him because I know he's going to get under my ribs and shorten me up. And Dave Gillespie was one. Mm. Peter, Peter Kelly, who I mentioned before, when he was at, at Canterbury and at, at, and at Penrith too. Um, but I, I was lucky. I was a I was a bigger bloke, so I could sort of you know, handle it a little bit. But yeah, there's there's always a little sneak out elbow or a, a Andrew Farrah, Andrew Farrah, yeah. and, and Chris Mortimer. Oh, they were both. I mean, stay out in the backs, would you? Don't come in here and be whacking the forwards too. They were just and unrelenting, unrelenting. So I, well, I sorry, Mickey, I haven't sort of no, you've named a few. To, you've yeah, named a team there. At the one bloke, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But there was a, there was a few blokes, but um, but for toughness, I I, I think a bloke like. But Jeff Tuvey, he he just but the little blokes who just keep getting up and just get whacked. Remember and, when he caught the, that Adam McDougal oh, boot yeah. in the face Kicked in the grand final? Yeah, yeah, ninety-seven. Yeah. He just played on. Yeah, he rolled around a bit, but fair enough too. Yeah, we get, I mean, get a photo of Tuves in, in eighty-eight when he played the touring Poms in eighty-eight, and then twenty years later, well, oh boy, oh boy, he played tough. He <laughs> 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 And Mickey, um, the second part of his question: What offers did you receive from other clubs to leave the Tigers? Zero. I got a few, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I um, mate, early on, I, I, I got ramble on here for a while. But I remember, I remember, I, I, I played a year of reserve grade, and I went. Uh, Terry Parker was at at South. He was in charge, and I went over to Terry's place, and I, um, mate, they offered me, in the end of, oh, it was sort of eighty five, eighty five. They offered me twenty thousand sign on, which was good money back then. Yeah. Um, mate, I ended up staying at the Tigers for. 8,000 sign on or something, and then you know, cut a long story short, there was probably 12 months later. 12 months later, Bob Fulton tried to get me to Manly, and I went and met Kerry Packer in his office at the Hyde Park Club. And uh, we didn't talk money, but um, what did you talk? I, I got oh, well, mate, I, I didn't say too much, I was in awe. I just Hello, son, what are you on? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I know, I was pulling my pants a bit, but anyway, I, I had a guy who was just he gave me a hand, wasn't a manager, but a guy just, yeah. just came in and talked to. On my behalf, anyway, uh, I got stitched up at a Tigers function on the on the drink, and I end up committing myself to the Tigers for the next year. And I asked Bozo, I, I asked Bozo many years later, and I said, I said, but what what sort of money would I have got? And this is the end of '86, mm. and they were trying. It was before the Broncos came in. They were trying to get Gino and Wally at the same time. Mm. Um, I, I think I end up staying for fifty thousand at the Tigers. But Bozo said, "Oh, mate, you would have got 120, 120. <laughs> And mate, I, I nearly fell off your chair. Was, oh no! You know, I was on that then when I was, you know. And but, won a uh, comp in '87. Yeah, well, '87. That's right. They signed Kevin Ward and won the premiership against Matt Canberra. But um, look, you know, I, there was mate, lots of uh, Mickey, lots of opportunities to leave, mate. But it was a little bit different in those days. You played with your mates, and we, we had a really competitive side, you know, in the, in the late '80s, the Tigers, and we were there about. So, but we wanted to win the premiership. That's why mm. I stayed there, and you, you took less money and. Keith Barnes worked his magic with everyone. He said, "You're all in the same money. You international, <laughs> except for Benny. <laughs> He'd always that little disclaimer at the end. <laughs> you're, right? you're, you're all the same money, except for Benny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
but mate, it was, it was a great, great club to be at, and mm. you know. We, we, we're in the you know, in the mix. You know, Did you work in the area as well, Ciro? As a, as a uh, place? I was in the Cobbers, yes, yeah. yes. Like I was at uh, I was stationed at, at sort of Balmain, yeah. Leichhardt. Yeah, like, so you're in yeah, the area working as well. Yeah, yeah. So I had uh, about five or six years in the Cobbers there yeah. in, in the eighties. In the so I didn't didn't do too much, mate. But anyway, yes, a bit of a foot patrol down the restaurants and get a feed here and a coffee here and go, <laughs> go and talk to the punters down the street, go go back to the station and sit in the mill room. So, uh, yeah, streets were safe. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't King's Cross, was it? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Too busy up there, mate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're going to take our first break on crunch time. It's thanks to Izuzu. And after the break, we're going to have a look back at Friday Night Footy. Give us your opinion on what you saw last night uh, on the text line 0457 736 736. Three metres out. Cook to Murray. Oh, that might be dangerous. Yes, it is. There was there was no hand between the legs, but that got a bit out of control, that tackle, and Grant Atkins is straight on the, the whistle. There, mate. Settle down. That looks spectacular. Carl Lawton. I'll tell you what does in opposite. We've got a, a, the biggest screw. Biggest yep. screen anywhere in Sydney that's showing it right where the players and the referee are. I think he might have a spell here, Carl. No, it doesn't need a spell. No, I agree. But I, oh, it's oh, right. He's been sent off. He's been sent off. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Goodness gracious. That was thanks to the Nine Network. That was uh, Matt Thompson calling. And that was Phil Gould not too happy with the decision <laughs> last night. So... I mean, social media is not the be-all and end-all in the judge, jury and executioner, but um, they do like to execute people on, uh, on social media. And a lot of people having a crack at Gus for living in the dark ages about, oh, that that is a send-off in the modern day, as opposed to the old school thought of back in my day, that's not a send-off. Now, Ciro, we've got your thoughts mm-hmm. there, but it, it's it's like everyone's had to hit the reset button because it is so different to even 10 years ago, Seebs. Yeah, definitely. I think, as I said earlier, I knew that um, Lawton was going to be uh, going off the field, whether it was for 10 minutes mm. or whether it was a, a you know a full send-off. Oh, I yeah. wasn't quite sure. But, um, yeah, you can't argue with the with the decision because ultimately, um, you know, the, the game's got a duty of care to the players and, and that's ultimately where it sits at the moment. So um, I understood that decision as well. Uh, you're with Crunch Time, brought to you by Izuzu, and uh, let us know what you thought of it. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The Izuzu D Max is born to live. By the way, Ciro, you know it probably is a send off when Des gets in the press conference and says, "Yeah, I didn't have much of an issue with it." He he he, he copped it on the chin there. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I think the worst thing that happened to Des was a bloke. I don't know if you saw the vision. The bloke stood in front of him, and blew a kiss, and Des went, "Sit down, like it out of the way." He was blowing up too. I don't know what stage of the game that was, but. Uh, yeah, I think that, that that was a some pest in front mm. of him, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't think he's got any qualms with it, mate. To be honest, uh, so four weeks. Just reiterating that uh, early plea taken by Carl Lawton, he'll miss a month. Manly are not horribly hindered by the fact that uh, they've got Schuster back now on an edge, and next week Olakwatu will be back from suspension. So Lawton, who just broke into the starting side. Um, and Manly fans have been calling for that because he brings so much enthusiasm. He's out. Just quickly on Souths, Seebs, um, where are they at? It, it, is last night not a great barometer because they, as soon as you play against 10 men, uh, sorry, 10 men, football, uh, 12 men for 70 minutes, you're expected to win the game. Yeah, and that, they did. That's right. There's a little bit of pressure when um, a team goes down by uh, one that early in the game. So, look, I thought they were a little bit clunky again at different times. I think some really talented individuals, um, you know, got 
uh, south across the line like uh, last night. And a number of their, to- their tries were, were quite soft. You know, there was one, you know, the last try of the night, you know, the, mm. out the back door and tackle five, Cody picks it up and so on. Um, so I think they're still finding their way. I think they're a little bit off the, the top four teams at the moment, but they're a super talented team and, and they'll get better as the season progresses because they do have a young, you know, they've got two players in that spine who are very young and, and two very experienced players in the spine. You mentioned the word they're clunky. So how do they unclunk themselves? What is flowing? What is Souths singing at their top and that you perhaps want to see so they can hit their top this season? Oh, well, I think when Souths play really good footy, it's off the back of the, the momentum that their forwards create. And then, you know, Damian Cook can start to jump out or or Cody um, and Lachlan Ilias get early ball. You know, they can play past the markers. Um, I like to see when their, their halves and their fullback all play on the same side. I think that's when they're at their most effective, when they've got those three key ball players. So all, both halves and Latrell when he's back. Yeah, you know, going to the same side because they just strip teams for fun. So they're not a million miles away. They'd be disappointed with the 22 points they conceded. And, you know, there was opportunities there for Manly probably to, to get another try or two where they just didn't get across the line. So I think they'll be happy with the result, obviously. You know, when you score 40 points and you beat a team like Manly, you're always going to be happy, but they'll be disappointed about the 22 points conceded, mm. um, considering Manly only had 12 men for, you know, the best mm. part of 71 minutes. Yeah, zero at 30-22 when I um, Manly bombed a try and I yelled out the top of my voice. My <laughs> six-year-old was already in bed. I got the wife coming in quickly and said, do you mind? Mm. She's it trying was, to sleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it touched a go, wasn't it? Cause yeah, it, it, oh. It, it may have made it interesting, but I, I guess for Manly, the a positives out of the game was yeah, young Cooler and the, the centers and the other the young winger was uh, Tupolotu. Yeah, Tupolotu. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was pretty. And it went, does it, he keep his spot? Well, I, when Gar- when Tommy comes back, Garrett goes does. back to the wing. I, I think Saab's under all sorts of pressure. He's um, and they flashed up a stat last night um, for, for Saab when, when when he plays with Turbo, he scored like twenty two tries. Without turbo, two tries. So I, I don't know what it is. It, it's just a Tommy's his blankie. Well, it is he needs it's him. A, exactly right. My bonbon. Yeah, where, <laughs> where, where's my bonbon? So that's, uh, that's so, significant. Saab, isn't it? Yeah. Saab must be saying that, yeah, because he, he he releases him and you know, mm. gets him ball out out that out that edge, and he can use his speed. But mate, just uh, bringing the ball off his line and South continually bombed to him last night. They just went early on. They they kicked to him because he's a tall man, but Tall and lean, they they got numbers on him, slowed him down, and he, he got no no chance to build up any momentum coming off his line. So that was probably a smart ploy, boy. Yeah, it, it was because yeah. they're trying to suffocate him because yes. Jason Saab's other than his speed, his other weapon is the plus one or plus two carries. Yes. Yeah. And so when you put the ball on his head on play one, you take him out yeah. for the set. So yeah. I thought that was yeah. really smart by South. Where do you reckon South are? Do you reckon they're a top four side again? Uh, well, I'm, I'm with Subes a bit. They're, they looked a bit, a little bit, you know. You're clunky. That's right. Yeah, they did. Mm. You know, some of the passing, the yeah, passing was just, just off the mark behind Blake's, and you saw Alex Johnson had to juggle a ball. You know, when he, he still scored, but, but um, some of Cody's passes were hit hit the ground a fair bit. And, mm. um, you know, a, a couple of cookies, but he he, you know, we're all waiting for Cookie to go, but but it had to be a really good play of the ball. I, I think Tommy Burgess had a couple of really good carries for him, and then bang, that Cookie goes, and he's he's such a handful. But you know. I think we're all. If you're a South fan, you you want Cookie to attack attack the line because he's, he's such a threat, you know. But um, yeah, look, I, I, I think once they get, you know, and, and Latrell's sort of what's he six weeks away, or he's he's going to have some sort of he's off to the states. States, apparently. yeah, yeah, that's right. So because I, I defensively, I young Taff and Ilias got spotted up a bit there last night. Yeah, it comes a bit more you know, robust 
back rowers yeah, went at him. But, um, yeah, he, he's no um, – his physical presence is he's no Latrell. He's a good player. Yeah. Is, is he a fullback? I, I, I don't know if he's, if he's big enough or robust enough to continually play fullback, but he's probably half. But, you know, he's just finding a place for him somewhere. There's a stack in that bracket, isn't there, underneath obviously Melbourne and Penrith that are like, okay, mm. there's something there, but how much is there there? Yeah, like the Souths, Roosters, Para, Manly, a few others. Sharks, well, Sharks. Sh- Sharks had yeah. Well, look, yeah. Roosters and South Sydney are the ones that sort of come to mind when you're sort of talking there, Adam. I think um, you know you look at Luke Keary and Sam Walker; they're super talented players, but they didn't play any football together last year. They didn't play trial games together either, so they're still building their combination. And it's not dissimilar to 2018 when the Roosters had Tedesco and Cooper Cronk come. Uh, into the spine, and, and it mm. took them took them time. I think it was um, you know only four from their first eight. Absolutely. Um, by the way, we've got a couple of texts on the text line. Uh, the, uh, Shane the Parapest from Perth loves your stories here, Ciro. How good. <laughs> Love listening to Ciro. Um, and don't, Mark, Ciro can Tell you... the truth get the way of a good story. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ciro, here's your chance. A blocker taught me that one a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's the king. Uh, one from Mark. Ciro, yeah. can you tell us the story of the most dangerous moment your policing career, if there was any, that you can talk about? Or do you want some thinking time on that? Or is one spring well, uh, that's from Who's that from Mark, is it? Yeah. Mark, I, I, I may have... Sp- Spilled some hot tea on my hand in the mill room or something like that. That free boy. That's dangerous, moment. No, there was a, there was a couple of couple hairy of, moments. Uh, hairy moments, yeah, guys pulling guns and whatnot, but I was nowhere near the scene, so it was, okay. it was all right. Yeah, you weren't. <laughs> I was safe, mate. I was safe from the mill room. Your footy. Safe from the mill room at Balmain Police Station. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, we're going to take a short break on crunch time, thanks to Izuzu, and we'll be back to talk about Penrith and their, uh, their effort against the Titans last night. It wasn't. The Penrith at their absolute best. But, of course, Penrith don't need to be at their best. They're such a good side. They won again. Coruscant. Yo, Cleary. Trouble here for the Titans. have got some numbers. Cleary with a Harbour Bridge pass out to Staines. who got it back on the inside to Dylan Edwards. And Edwards, is there anything that man can't do at the moment? He scores Penrith's opener. Oh, stop it. That'll do me. I'm a big fan of the bunker. I'm a huge fan of the bunker. But it's going way too far on some occasions. It's a quick set of six. Sexton goes across field. Herbert flies high. Batson back for Fita. Couldn't handle. It's gone back for Silmala Awi to Sexton. Basketballs it go. over the top for Fida. Beats one. Beats two. Looking to take on a couple of Panthers. Got it out the back. Will Smith now with a cross field kick. He's looking for Marciu. Finds him. Marciu steps inside. He's over. And the Titans, they've scored a miracle try. And Martin, another player who plays well above his weight. Cleary kicking early. Coming through there was kick out, but it's going to be a try to Penrith. And it's Tago. Isaac Tago, the 20-year-old from St. Mary's, has scored. And Penrith bounced back. They go to the left. Coruscant, Cleary, kick out. Got the offload. Back to Cleary. Cleary's over. Nathan Cleary scores. A wonderful little give and go with kick out. And Nathan Cleary collects his first try of season 2022. The Panthers have scored two in a row. Back to Cleary, who puts the pass through. Jerome Luai was there. Thanks for coming. Luai scores, and that's the sealer for the Penrith Panthers. Edwards was there as Fasua Malaawi makes the tackle. And the Harvey Norman scoreboard at full time reads the Penrith Panthers victorious 18. Over the Gold Coast Titans, four. 
And we're back, and that was also last night, the early kickoff, and it was Penrith over the Gold Coast Titans up there at Seabus Streaker Stadium, where there was another one, and the security guards getting involved once again. Paul Seren and Anthony Seabold alongside me, Adam Peacock, for crunch time, thanks to Izuzu. Ciro, Penrith, is this a fair summation? Not at their top, but they're that good. They don't have to be at their top to still win football games. Yep. You got it, mate. You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, got that. one right. Hey, um, look, the Gold Coast uh, really took it to them in the first half, and, and, and there's probably a couple of uncharacteristic errors by the by the Panthers. It, it looked mm. like it was really humid on the, on the, on the Goldie, which is, you know, thanks, Scoop, you know, but uh, a lot of drop ball, a lot of drop ball by both sides, uh, but yeah, given their conditions, but... Yeah, uh, Penrith at, at halftime steadied the ship a bit. And, you know, came out Nathan Cleary, just a, a maestro, a couple of nice kicks and mm. passes, scored a good try. But uh, yeah, some some pressure mounting, I, I guess, on Justin Holbrook now. You know, they've they've they were supposed to be the the number one Queensland side this year, or the you know, or better than the Cowboys and the Bronx. But they're just um, yeah, they're just off their game a bit, aren't they? They're frustrating. Mm. They? They're like clouds, like the wind. You know, it's there, but you just don't know what exactly where it's come from and that form for the Gold Coast is so hard to get a read on what what they are and what it'll take to get them away from where they are which is so inconsistent yeah it is that they leak um, points in in chunks so they'll leak 20 points all in a row similar to last night that's a classic example of a Titans game it was 18 nil second half if you look um, at the history of their games in the first seven rounds oh, that that's them Parramatta yeah, games yeah, yeah they yeah, score yeah, yeah. Tro- they score points in clumps and they concede in clumps and I think in, until they can um, I suppose improve their game management around okay so when momentum's against you this is what you need to do to, to take the heat out of the game to take the the, the speed out of the game then then that, they're going to continue to have you know, large, um, I suppose, swings in, in, mm. in points scored or, or um, conceded. What about Penrith? When do they lose a game? Are we waiting until the the, uh, uh, the origin know, period when they'll lose half their team? Or? Mate, there was a market, there was a market up for that, wasn't there? Because they, they play, I think they've got the Roosters, Melbourne, back-to-back coming up now and um, they've got a fairly tough draw coming through. Next three weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, yeah, look, you know, you you just never know, do you? If, if, if they play like they did in the first half last night, uh, mm. yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll make all, 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 all sorts of trouble, I think. But um, just getting back to the Titans too, well, I, um, I'm in a couple of group chats and, and Blake's were just hammering for feeder last night. He's a he's an easy target, much, isn't he? Much maligned player. I, I, I reckon he's playing busted too. Like he had that, that dodgy knee and look, it might, it might have been an excuse too. I, I, I don't know, but he's. Uh, but everything that he's not, Yatino's a he's a great leader for that club. He just play, churns out big minutes and just a, a great it leads by example too. So Fafita needs to get on the back of that. Well, yeah, Fafita. Maybe back to what we were mentioning before when I was asking you guys about players that you witness or played with, and you go oh, far out. He's he's off his game today. And you get back to the sheds and you go, oh, he had that problem. So. Yeah. We're only assuming here, and we're only going on what you saw as well, Ciro, at yeah. the end of the game of him on the sideline with, with his leg strapped. If he's playing busted, is that – do you, do we pump the brakes a bit about David Fafita being the multi-million dollar player not aiming up? Well, there's been immense pressure on David since he signed that yeah. deal. Like I was dealing with him at the time at the Broncos. He's a 19-year-old kid. He's a very, very good young man, and he's made a decision for – himself and his family to go to the Gold Coast. Let's not beat around the bush. Financially was why he left the, the Broncos. Um, so it was a significant offer. And with that comes 
great, I suppose, um, critique of performance when when yeah. when you're the the marquee player. And um, you know, I I, I believe that um, you know David in glimpses has shown what he can do. And we all talk about um, consistency in, in his game. And you spoke about Tino. Tino is a more consistent mm. player. But I think um, you look. You know, it's not David's fault that he was offered that contract. Um, he decided to to to, to, to take that contract. Um, and you know he's a back row. He's not a halfback. He's not a spine player. He's not a decision maker. So his influence on games can 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 wander at times. But that's the nature of playing second row. And, and yeah. Ciro, you you played in that position, mate. You know, so you you know better you, than me. You rely on your halves too, and 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 they just don't mm. have the you know they need a calming a calming sort of influence there. Like, they've chopped and changed their halves like um, um, Sexton and Will Smith last night for the Titans, and and, and Clark at dummy half. So it's not. You know, is that a is that a top eight spine with with Brimson at the back? Probably not. Probably not. not. Yet, so no. yeah, but you, you know, Sexton he had a couple of errors in his game last night. But you know, he, he's still learning, mate. As as, as we spoke before, Subes. You know, mm. you look at the Broncos now; they've got kids getting to fifty game mark. They've been around for a couple of seasons. They're understanding what what you need to do every week to be a first NRL player, and they're. They're starting to show that too, but yeah, yeah, Sexton will show that. So uh, Titans next week they got the Roosters away, um, which is a difficult assignment, of course. And then uh, Penrith they return home. Beauty coming up in the West there. They take on Para in the Derby. Off to oh. a break on Crunch Time. Yeah, welcome back to Crunch Time. Thanks to Izuzu. We're going to switch focus away from the footy for a little bit here. The Tab Million Dollar Chase is on uh, May seven next week, and from Greyhound New Racing New South Wales, Simon Orchard is joining us on the line right now. Big night at Wenty Park last night. Simon, what did you have? About thirty three heats semi finals of the Million Dollar Chase. They're all on at Wenty last night. How did the night go? <laughs> yeah, spot on. It feels like this thing's been going on. Forever. We've had city heats, we've had country heats, and last night everyone descended on Wenty Park for the semi-finals. Eight races, eight winners, all through to the big final next week for their chance to win a million bucks. And we had it all, boys. We had the red-hot favourite, She's a Pearl, get up in thrilling fashion, 29.30, one of the best times ever run at Wentworth Park. We had a long shot, Zambides, win at 100 to 1. Can you believe it? 100 to 1 pop makes it through to the final. We had a concreter from Melbourne who got the day off work to bring his dog up called Photo Man, and it got up. So he's got to ask for another day off next week to come up again for the final. So uh, it was all happening. It was a fantastic night at Wentworth Park. Uh, We're back there tonight for more racing, but you're right, next Saturday, a million bucks for 30 seconds of work. How good would that be? So it's a million – like how does the prize money work in, in the actual final next Saturday? So the winner, $1 million. To the winner, uh, if you run last, you get ten grand. So I think that's what the concreter from down in Victoria said, Gavin Clifton. He said, "Oh, look, worst case, I come up here for ten grand. Best case, I go home a millionaire." So that's, a lot of that's, concrete, uh, yeah. that's going off next week, boys. <laughs> and he, he, I wonder if the concreter will demand to be paid in cash as well. So no, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome, mate. So everyone, I guess, at uh, Greyhound Racing New South Wales is absolutely pumped about next Saturday night, and hopefully a big crowd there at Wendy Park. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Look, we won't lie. Crowds haven't been fantastic on the Greyhound tracks for the last couple of years, but things are uh, things are a little bit different now. You can sit at home in the comfort of your own lounge chair, jump on your apps and bet, watch the racing live on thedogs.com.au. But next week, don't you worry. All the corporates will come out. Uh, everyone from TAB will be there. All the Greyhounds, New South Wales staff, wives, partners, uh, you know, mistresses, whatever else might be rolling around, they'll all be... They'll all be there as well. Uh, we'll have a big crowd, don't you worry. A million bucks. Uh, can't wait to see the scenes when hopefully someone takes that home uh, next 
Saturday night, and it'll be it'll be really hard to beat She's a Pearl. I just had a look, boys. Currently a dollar thirty-five favourite for the final. These are some of the best dogs in Australia, uh, and she's paying a dollar thirty-five to take it out. So there you go. There you go, Simon. Really appreciate the update, mate. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, keep an eye on that ahead of uh, next Saturday night, and keep an eye on the Concreters dog as well. Thanks for joining us on Crunch Time, mate. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a great day, everyone. Yep, that is the world's richest greyhound race, the Tab Million Dollar Chase, coming your way May 7 at Wentworth Park. Off to a break, news, and then we'll continue the second hour of Crunch Time right after this. Yeah, welcome back to the second hour of the show. Actually, a bit of soccer chat just then with uh, Anthony Seabold here and uh, Paul Siren. We've got um, Celtic Rangers, as you heard on the uh, the news break. Um, you, did you go up and have a chat to Ange yeah. Postacoglu up there and yeah. with, with Eddie? Yeah, we did. Um, we were playing Scotland uh, in Edinburgh for the start of the Six Nations and Ange um, had played uh, the Rangers um, a couple of days earlier. So Ange came across and had a coffee with us for a couple of hours. So, no, it's fantastic to, to hear um, his experiences over there and how when he went there, like no one knew who he was. And, uh, you know, now they're leading the table and uh, sorry, on top of the table and and, um, you know, the supporters and, and the fans there are just uh, going crazy for Ange. Well, Ciro, at the top of the, the hour, last hour, we spoke about that 1988 Penrith uh, Balmain battle mm. at Leichhardt Oval and blokes tipping on each other's uh. heads and Izzard <laughs> impaling Benny Elias. That actually happens outside the ground a lot for a Celtic Rangers game between the fans. Is that a rivalry, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. mate. Oh, it's, well, Kurt, yeah, it's insane. Um, Curtis, yeah, Curtis is only, he's, he's about 25 minutes from, from Liverpool where he's living in the UK. He's been about five games at Anfield and he said it's just, it's unbelievable. I'm mean, trying to get tickets is, is pretty difficult. It, well, you played over there back in the day. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and, I, I didn't play the club. kangaroos. Yeah, and, yeah. That's right. But yeah, I didn't play club football over there, but um, just uh, like he, he, he's always been a Liverpool fan for, you know, for the last, last 10, 15 years or whatever. So he's, but living so close to the mm. yeah uh, to the stadium too, he, he just said he'd been there for two days and you know he went over and took photos of the, the, the stadium. And I think two nights later he was there when they put four past Tottenham. Was that in November? They won four nil. They beat. It sounds like something that happened yeah, to Tottenham. They yeah, did, yeah, that's right. About right. So, but he, he he loves it. He he's a he's a huge huge fan of the EPL. Well, hopefully he wakes up annoyed tomorrow because they're playing mm. my team Newcastle oh, overnight right. later tonight. <laughs> so hopefully they get dusted eight 0 But no, that probably won't happen given how good Liverpool are at the moment. Let's get back to footy and, and Seebs is here with us, of course, here on Crunch Time. Thanks to Izuzu. Get a bit of a um, dive into your, your coaching situation right now, um, Seebs, with Eddie Jones helping out the English rugby side. What would you say you've learnt the most transferring your knowledge in rugby league over to a totally different sport? Because that's what Eddie wanted from you, wasn't it? It yeah. was, was fresh eyes, not coming from your heavily infiltrated rugby union mind, kind of having a look at things in another sport. Well, one thing that doesn't change is the coaching process. So, you know, the how-to part of coaching and, um, you know, the way you run your sessions, the way you, you present in front of the players, the feedback you give the players either individually or in a group setting. So that doesn't change. But obviously uh, learning uh, the X's and the O's was what I needed to do to start with. Now, I, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time with, with rugby union coaches over many years doing some shared learning and uh, played a little bit of rugby as a, as a kid. Not a whole heap. Um, but, yeah, so that, that was the first thing, you know, just making sure I'm across the X's and the O's. Biggest thing I learned was that in rugby, everything's a contest. You know, so every breakdown's a contest. Every set piece is a contest. So, um, yeah, that was the, the biggest difference between uh, probably the continuity of rugby league. Mm. Did you ever have a chance at rugby union? Mate, I, uh, I played one game in high school. Yeah. I was about 16 and played fullback. Scored a couple of tries, but uh, that, that was it. That was the end of my career. <laughs> 
Well, I, just, I looked at it that. I said, "Carve up once, and then they'll do me. Can't better it." How easy is this? How easy is this game? Yeah, no, no. I, I, uh, well, I played in one of those those charity games where it was half a game of league, half a game of rugby. Well, we we could not get the ball when we played because we played a, 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 like a, the the old Wallabies. It was mm. we couldn't get the ball off them. It was impossible to get the ball back, and just. And, mate, that, those rucks and balls, mate, they're not fun either. I'm, no. I'm, I'm not a fan of them. No. They <laughs> I'd don't... rather be in the in the centres or somewhere, I think. So. It's it's weird how professionalism – not weird, it's just, it's just life. Like professionalism morphs a sport from one thing to another. And rugby league's obviously changed with the advent of bigger, more professionalism. And, and same with rugby union. I would take on rugby union is the fact that, <laughs> unfortunately for rugby union, there's too many blokes on the field now. Or too many players on the field because everyone's got bigger, stronger, faster. They haven't actually extended the sidelines. Do you get that feeling as well? Is that there's not a lot of space on a rugby union field as opposed to a rugby league field? Yeah, you need to make space. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the physicality of the of the players they are big men, and you're right that there's extra, you know, two players on the field per team. So, um, you know, at times that's a little bit suffocating. But the thing that I, I you know, that really sort of opened my eyes is is how brave they are to put their head in the rucks and so on. You know, I, I, look, it's you, you've got to be brave to put your head over the ball. Um, you know, the, the scrums that they have, they're, they're full-on contests. Um, they're, they're good They're good professionals. They've been really good to work with. I've enjoyed working for Eddie. And, um, but it's really opened my eyes to, to um, how different athletes prepare. So it's all you know, been great experience. With Eddie, Eddie Jones, obviously coached the Wallabies before. He's over there at England and he's – He's a character that I read a bit of the British press and yeah, they, it's easy for the English press to have an opinion about most things and they definitely have one about Eddie Jones, whether it be good or bad or that it can be, get a bit spiky between them. What about his, actually, his actual coaching? How would you frame him if you were to pin him up against a, a character that's coaching in the NRL right now? Like you've worked under Craig Bellamy. Is it, is it similarities in the way they go about things? Very, very similar. I mean, you know, they're, they're different personalities, but they're very similar the way they go about their work. They're, they're both brilliant coaches. That's that's the first thing I'd say. But their work ethic and how thorough they are, um, both of them, um, that's their – you know, that's really clear to see, you know, how hard they work, how thorough they are. They're both very forensic, so you know, they really dive into – um, you know, the the performance side of the physical side of the game with regards to GPS and so on as well. Um, but but Eddie's, his ability to coach in the moment and his ability to, I think, um, uh, yeah, like make, you know, make the, the right call or right change in the moment is, is second to none. Uh, that's both at training and also, um, you know, during games. He's, he's exceptionally good at that. So um, they're both fantastic coaches, both world class and are really fortunate to, to be in a situation where I've worked for, for mm. Ballyake and, and now working for Eddie Jones, who I've got immense respect for. And he's been an international coach for the you know, best part of 20 years, and you don't do that yeah. um, you know, very often at all. We haven't seen that you know, done very often. So, no, it's been, been a great experience. On that, do you look at it now and see how Eddie's gone about his business, always learning? Obviously, you've got aspirations to get back into NRL coaching. I'm assuming so. Am I? Well, yeah, you're probably assuming now. I'm not too sure. I'm really focused on on doing this through to the World Cup and then um, – See yeah. where it takes you. Yeah, see where it takes me, yeah. But the, the point I was going to make is did you look at that and how Eddie goes about – I was really interested in your comment about it, coaching in the moment what, when things are happening. You, and you look back at your time with South and Brisbane and go, if, if I knew that then or I've seen a guy do that, maybe that's something that you could take on board going forward or is it – is it based on your personality? It doesn't matter how much you try and learn along the way. You, you're always going to revert to that personality when you're coaching. No, I think you're, you're crazy if you, if you – 
didn't go into that environment and, and try and learn off, off someone like Eddie. You know, there's 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 a whole heap of things that I learned off Craig Bellamy when I was down there, and there's a whole heap of things that I learned from my background, um, you know, as a school teacher and, and as a player. But you know, I've learned more with with Eddie as well. So um, yeah, there's there's lots of things that you know I think you know what if I was head coach again um, at whatever level, um, you know, I'd do this a little bit different or I'd mm. add that. You know, particular um, you know framework to, to what I already have. So no, it's been great learning experiences, no doubt about that. What was Warren Ryan? Was Warren Ryan along those lines, Ciro? Like yeah, as in uh, like meticulous? Um, school teacher. Yeah. You know, um, just yeah, he, he was. You knew we stood with Warren too. He was. Uh, you <laughs> <Quite know>. bit. <laughs> yeah, that sort of guy. You know, and he, you know, it, it, it called guys out. You know, again, a different, whole different take on on, on coaching and how. Man management back in the eighties, how how they do it now too, and uh, but yeah, Warren was a very smart coach. He he was he was ahead of his time with uh, with structures and you know how how we played the game. Like we knew coming out of trouble, you know, here's he, our roles. You know, from a set set restart, you knew from scrums. You know, we had little little trick shots and that sort of thing. And if you've got some some talent and ability in your side, well, they'd, you know, mm. you go a long way. It goes a long way. But what I've I've, I've, I've kind of said, I've been fortunate enough to last. Last four or five years have been involved with the state of origin, and uh, Freddie's—he's not a meticulous sort of coach, but he, he surrounds himself with with good people mm. who, who know their roles, and the, and the players—the players love him. They they, they buy in. It, it's for three games, yeah, mind you. So it's you know a lot different to what Steve was doing week in and week out. We we had to come up with um, different things, mm. but. Yeah, something I, I I never never wanted to go into coaching. Hey, <laughs> what hair I've got! I'm not trying to hang on to. <laughs> with um, with Greg Alexander with him, Brandy, who does the breakfast show here, obviously with with Vossi. Brandi, yes, yeah, Brandy, and it was Craig Fitzgibbon as well. He Fitzy, had so he's going to have to find someone else this year. Danny Badiris, yeah, yeah. Paul McGregor's come on board. Yeah, Mary's yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Well, Betsy's involved. Betsy, um, yep. a, a Joey comes in too. Andrew Johns comes in and lends some support, but. But but really, it, it, it's our it's 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 the, the spine to put it all together. So it's mm. like Nathan will sit down, Nathan Cleary with with, with Teddy and, and, and Cookie, and say, right, here's how we're going to play this, and we'll we'll play to our strengths and you know, yeah. that way. So it's 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 um <coughs> excuse me, it's, it's it's fascinating to sit back and watch them in, in video sessions, just pulling a game apart. Yeah. The players themselves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah without doubt. I've heard Andrew Andrew Johns talk about the fact that he. He gets a bit frustrated in the modern day that you don't have, yeah, you've got the skill in you know, everything, but you don't have the football IQ. Mm. And I was interested to hear Cooper Cronk talk a couple of weeks ago on the Matty Johns podcast. He goes, yeah, it, it's great. You can go up to a kid and say, oh, that, w- that was really good. How did you do that? And the kid will say, oh, I don't know. And that's when you worry because you're not sure if he can then replicate it, if he's doing it off the cuff. But how would you say the depth of – Football IQ is in rugby league, Steve, as opposed to say where you are at the moment with rugby union. Well, where I am at the moment, I'm working with the very elite players from the English Premiership, and you know, so there's guys there like Owen Farrell, for instance, who's the, who's the team captain. Like he's played um, over 100 tests and and played for the British and Irish Lions and won premierships as a captain. So you know, you're dealing with the very very best who have played for a long time. Or you've got someone like Marcus Smith who will tour Australia, I'm sure, um, number ten. Super talented kid who plays for Harlequins, and he's just a, a, a real sort of um, you know attacking weapon for for England and also his club team, and they've got great 
game sense, great game awareness, a little bit like Ciro. You lean on on those key players. They don't call them the spine and rugby union, but you lean, lean essentially on your spine to come up with the game plan because, um, you know, as a coach, you, you're just part of the collaboration. You want to collaborate with the players and, and get them to come up with, with some ideas because when it's their ideas, um, you know, you know, then they're accountable for, mm. for, you know, actually going out in action. And, you know, the experience, like what Ciro just said, when I was the Queensland assistant coach, uh, the first thing that, um, you know, the guys would do, you know, get JT, Smithy, um, you know, Cooper Cronk, uh, Billy Slater oh, yeah. together. Okay, how are we going to play? And they'd come up with it. And you'd sort of sit there as a coach. It was brilliant. Like, yeah. just you're learning <laughs> yourself. You didn't need a coach. You're just sitting uh, there, you right. know. What you had to do in those situations, and with a lot of rep teams, is it's not so much about coaching. It's about managing, uh, you know, managing the program and, and getting everyone on the same page. Because, like, for instance, with England, we have, um, you know, players come from, you know, mm. up to 12 different premiership clubs coming into the camp. So you've got to put your club bag, you know, or leave your club bag in the locker room and come through the door and, and then put the England shirt on. Um, and it's the same with Origin when I experienced that. And, um, so it's a, it's a little bit different. You know, there's a lot of collaboration, but um, you, you lean on those players to come up with a game plan. Is that why Mal was so good as Queensland Origin coach in that era? I've got no doubt. Yeah, you know, you talk, you talk to the players and you listen to Mel. He talks about just, you know, managing the program, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, just well, he was a just an icon of Queensland rugby league too. You know, it's mm. a bit like Freddie with New South Wales, and, and and essentially, you know, you've got three or four of the best players of all time playing at at, at that time together. That's why they they dominate so for so long. Is Earthing going to be back with Freddie this year? Do you think? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't worry, it'll he'll he'll come up with something new every camp. He'll he'll, he'll come up with something. So. The way things are going in Sydney, I reckon you might you might get trench foot if you oh, do it right now. Right, You're yeah, gum booting amongst the, amongst other things. Yeah, still on coaching. Mm-hmm. Who was your most? If you can name someone, for, I'd love it if you came up with a story off the back of it as well. But I understand if you don't want to dip someone in it. But who was the most emotional coach you played under? The guy who would like yeah, you'd still learn from. But by geez, if. Uh, if he got going in a annoyed yeah. sense, you'd have to kind of duck and weave a little. Blokes were, yeah, well, emotional. What you mean, cranky? Uh, <laughs> emotional. Cranky. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Can well, be good emotion well, if you blokes, want to put it well, that way. There was none of that in the 80s and, and 90s really made blokes, you know, with, with, with tears and whatnot too, you, you know. Yeah. You had to be a man in those days, remember. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, it, it – Because it, uh, we yeah. all love a coaching blow-up. Well, well yeah. Oh, Mate, yeah, Warren had a great blow up in him. Oh yeah, but then I went from Warren Ryan to Alan Jones, so it was a mate, the contrast there was it was incredible. You I know, could imagine yeah, some yeah, of the words structure. Well, that, but that's mate, there's some stories about you know, you know from, from from Warren to Alan. There was a, that's a funny time. So let me t- rest assured because the, the command that Alan Jones has on the English language oh, yeah, yeah. and equating that to a rugby league dressing room. Yeah. I reckon some of the syllables... That Half the, the front row was, <laughs> what's he talking about? I had to sort of go back and, in layman's terms and explain to what he was talking about. But but he, he, he talked about Nadia Komenich and Ken Rowe being 10 out of 10 and like I said, he had no idea what he was talking about. So it, uh, I, mean, I, I was an older, more experienced player, so I, I kind of understood and I was a bit bit more you know, well-versed on, yeah. on, on different things. But some of the young blacks were just scratching their heads and, and unfortunately that... Yeah, our results showed that. So, <laughs> how good? Outstanding. Different, different. Yeah, I won't. I won't dive into it. Yeah. No, don't, don't, don't. But uh, I could imagine yeah. as well. It, it then equate it to like French Revolution battles and things like that. And oh, he, yeah, he, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. very intelligent he guy in well, the history lessons and mate, everything. Oh, one of the favourite stories is when he spoke about Winston Churchill, and you know, 
yeah, the great yeah. English, you know, World War Two leader, and he, how he came in and spoke to, you know, we apparently went back to, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll cut this story down. He went back to his old college and address him, and, and and you know, essentially he said, never, ever, ever give up. And yeah, that's all he did, and you know, we're, we're in the sheds and all the places going, wow, that's you know, and Alan could deliver a great, you know, a great story. And anyway, when the young bloke said. Did Winston play for Clive's brother. In relation to Clive, that's right. The bloke's looking around. Like, oh boy, oh boy, Jonesy, uh, uh, this is not the rugby, the, the rugby boys. Yeah, you're, you're, you're talking to here, but uh, never a dull moment, mate. <laughs> Good old Winston. He uh, he led England through a uh, Great Britain through a World War. Do you know what they did the year after the World War? Got rid of him. Voted him out. <laughs> Thanks. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Take that. Hey, one from Steve from Padstow. Um, Sarah, why did you always wear tape around your melon? I'm sure you've told well, the story a few times. Do. Yeah, well, but the entire Balmain back row, a lot of blacks wore tape in those days because we actually pushed pushed in scrums. So if you saw some of the ears, the cauliflower ears getting around in the 80s, mm. you'd understand why, mate. So essentially it was just to protect your ears from, from getting sort of Fair in, in scrums and whatnot. and and I did have hair back then too, uh, champion. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, Steve. Well, <laughs> two of us in this studio wearing hats, and Steve's isn't. So, it's <laughs> and he's the one that coached. Yeah, How does yeah, that make I'm, sense? I'm great, mate. Don't worry about that. Hey, um, back to coaching as well, and a bit on that line of you know bringing up these abstract kind of lines of getting your message across. Can you do that in the modern day? Can you go back and lean on a I don't know a great wall battle and and bring it across and to your players, or do you, is it pretty kind of regimented in terms of? Keep the footy. No, the theming's a nice. really big part of coaching because oh, you've got to understand if you if you're trying to say the same thing for, for every, forty yeah, weeks, you know, it, yeah, it's punishing. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Sarah. Like it does, you know, it gets boring because you think, oh, you know, like we're just so so you're finding different themes, and it might be a theme to, to come up against one team, or, or it could be a theme for a particular you know group of three games or four games. Um, you know, so so theming from coaches is is enormous now, and one of the things that coaches, you know, when you hear coaches uh, talk about, you know, I'm going on a PD tour and I'm going to, you know, a couple of these clubs in the States or, you know, the, mm. in Europe with soccer or down to Melbourne, you know, with the AFL clubs. One of the reasons what coaches do that or, or the big idea they're looking at is the different themes that, that coaches will have used. Um, and you come back and then you sort of create, your, you know, you create, you know, three or four different themes that you potentially can use with your group of players. So I think that's, um, that's really important. Storytelling, like storytelling, yeah, it is, yeah, so yeah. storytelling is is an important way to teach, and there's a lot of research around storytelling and the retention of information. So that's a great way to teach. Uh, where did you get to go? Oh, I've been all around the place um, as far as like, PD yeah. was. Yeah, no, like I, I've been to the states a number of times. <laughs> Probably the the, the best uh, trip I did to the states was with Simon Goodwin, who's the AFL head coach of the Demons, Alan Richardson, who was St Kilda head coach at the time. Rowan Taylor, head coach of uh, Swimming Australia. Um, and then we had Darren Holder, who was from Cricket Australia. So we went over there uh, 2019 and, and went to like the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco Giants, uh, Golden State Warriors, um, Circus de Soleil to look at um, how they teach creativity and how they come up with their different ideas, you know. Mm. So that was a really cool That's experience. A, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've done uh, multiple sort of trips like that. Um, you know where I've always got a heap out of that? I've got to say, when I go to the AFL clubs, mm. um, Port Adelaide I went to year upon year for about four or five years. Ken Hinckley was there. Michael Voss who's now at Carlton. So many ideas, and they were doing so many great things in and around their meetings and making the meetings interesting because mm. you know, Sarah, you get into a meeting and the players get sick of it, they get bored. So, you come up with different, different, yeah, you different know, so, yeah. so yeah. I've always found, um, yeah, great, you know, great things or you know, great uh, learnings from that. 
Seb, did you go to Harvard? Or, or, I know yeah. I yeah. Was I did. I've been criticised for that, but really? I know I did. Yeah. So um, actually, Aaron Greaves, who now works for Carlton, uh, yeah. he was at Port Adelaide at the time, and and him and a couple of other coaches went over to Harvard and did um, a leadership course. And um, end of twenty seventeen, I went over there. So you, you did your case studies before you went, and then you go over there and actually um, you're on campus there for for a week, which was well, a great experience. Oh, mate, how, how, and how, at the time, two yeah. of the assistant coaches from the Western Bulldogs were over there doing um, the cor- the course next door, not my one, but we. Uh-huh get together for dinner and a couple of beers of a night time. It was just a great That's experience. Fabulous, yeah, what, no, a, what a great life experience. It was a great yeah, life experience. Yeah. You had to wear a suit to every lesson. Um, what? And oh, yeah, oh, it, was, yeah. it was crazy. Um, I was the only person from sport in my class. Like everyone else was like um, CEOs or GMs because it was for people who've already um, done, um, you know, degrees, yeah. so to speak. So I was like a, a, a professional development, um, postgraduate type Postgraduate, course. yeah. Um, yeah, wow. yeah no, so it was, it was really cool. Um, but it was obviously aimed at, um, you know, the, the business world. Business world, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you, you, yeah. you might get a lesson or two. I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm just yeah. looking at the list of people who have gone through Harvard and, yeah, it's like a who's who. Like Nobel Prize winners, Pulitzer Prize winners. Well, you go there, there's a, there's a famous, um, you know, there's a famous statue there that everyone goes and gets their photo, photo with there, you know. So, like, it was just a really cool experience. And uh, as I said, it was a, a, an opportunity that South Sydney provided for me, um, mm. you know, as part of my um, professional development funding. Yeah, and, right. yeah. um, and and Aaron Greaves, as I said, who now works for Carlton, he, he had done it and just said, mate, I've got a heap out of this. Um, and you'll you'll be in a classroom with, with people from all other industries and, Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, so I was only there for a week, but it was a really cool experience. Did you make any contacts that you you, you stayed in touch with? Or um, you, well, you, with you, the Western Bulldogs oh, guys, okay, yeah, yes. and they're in the class oh, next right. door. Yeah, so yeah, yeah definitely. Um, okay. So so that was really good. And the other guys in the room, like you know, they bounced around the room, said, "Oh, where are you from?" Or whatever. I said, "Oh, you know, I'm um, coach at South Sydney Rabbitohs with rugby league team." And no one knew what rugby league was in the room, so I had to drop Russell Crowe's okay. name oh. and say, "Look, <laughs> you know, Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe, the famous actor, is, uh, is the Let's owner of the club." You, yeah. and, and then and then you get a bit, got a bit yeah. of interest, but uh, no, it was, it was a really good, it was a good um, learning experience. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So that was in depth uh, with Steve's after the break. Um, because our uh, other man in here, Sero, is wearing his Balmain Tigers uh, cap really proudly. We might get into a bit more detail about the West Tigers and Balmain as well, their side of things, and maybe touch on the junior grand finals, which are going on yeah. this weekend as well. You're with Crunch Time. Thanks to Izuzu. Back in a moment. Yeah, welcome back. In just over half an hour's time, the crew will be in for the lead-up to the Warriors and the Raiders, which is taking place uh, this afternoon. So it's Matty White, Brett Kamali and Sean Timmons. And after that, of course, this evening, it's Dogs, Roosters, Warriors, Raiders tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, sorry, not Warriors, uh, Raiders. Um, Eels, Cowboys later on up there in Darwin. I think they've taken that game too. Um, tomorrow, Ciro, and you've come in here. I'm not sure if that cap was being worn too much three <laughs> weeks ago, but you've got your mighty Balmain Tigers cap on the West Tigers uh, given this two of the, the best moments so far this season certainly the one against uh, the, the one against South was last week Parramatta the week yeah. Parramatta yeah, the week on, before on, uh, yeah, Jackson Hastings Easter, Easter Monday what a what a ripper of a kick yeah. wow um, what's the place like at the moment from what you can tell well um, I, I so my role in pathways I mm. you know it, it, so I get to see the boys are there on, on, on site Day in day out, you know, getting to see all the NRL staff around the place and say g'day, how are things going, and it's been a, yeah, I can guarantee you the f- first five weeks have been a little bit different to the last two weeks. So <laughs> um, that is a bounce in the step, but they've just sort of, you know, and it, it really it does coincide with you know, Jackson Hastings uh, returning to the 
uh, to the side after his, his suspension. He's been, he's just been a, I, I guess, a calming influence for Brooksy, and he's been, he's got him around the park, had lots of touches of footy. That's been, that's been sort of highlighted in the media how many touches he has per game, and he's just directing him around. He's, you know, the conductor for him, and um, that's all the forwards want. They want a, yeah. a halfback to tell them where to go, you know, lay the line, and here we are, boys. And then he's he's, he's, he's topped it off with a couple of you know good try assists and field goals. I don't know if they can do it, and I don't know. I think the Tigers are done with doing documentaries and having cameras and microphones around after last year, but I'd love them to be able to put a microphone on a guy like Jackson Hastings to, to be able to tell what it's actually like. Seems when you're watching the Tigers at the moment, can you tell that this is the guy that's basically being the traffic cop out there and just non-stop barking yeah, to his def- team? Yeah, definitely. I think if you have a look at um, his touches in, in those last two games, which they won, um, he averages, I think it's 92 or 96 yeah. touches a game. It was an NRL record from my understanding against South Sydney, 102 touches. So, like, he's... And, and if you look at the amount of sets, it's almost like two touches, um, you know, a set or three touches a set. So, yeah, he, he is the commander of the team. And what it's enabled Luke Brooks to do is be that one pass wider. And when you're one pass wider, there's less inside pressure. And so I feel as though that's certainly helped Luke Brooks's game. And they're combining really well. Because mm. he's a great runner of the football, uh, Brooks. He, he's, he's, he came through the Balmain side of the, of the JV. He was, yeah, was a Tigers junior and... But at, at at twelve or thirteen, he was the New South Wales. He he was a hundred metre champion for you know. Oh really? Sprinter, yeah. He was super quick. He's got great speed, Brooksy, and yeah, we see from time to time if he gets in the open, man, he can he can motor all right. So yeah, we just need to see him with the ball in his hand, and he's a, he's a real laid back sort of character too. He, he's never changed. He, he's not a great not a great talker or communicator. He's, mm. He just likes to. It seems like a good kid. I met him on holiday. He's actually yeah. a noose in the off season. He's and a really, really good really, fellow. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Yeah, very, yeah. very laid back. Seems yeah. yeah. He, he, but he needs a bloke like a Jackson Hastings yeah. who'll just step up and do all the talking and right. We're doing this, mate. Okay, you happy with that? Yep. Let's go. And so far, so good. They were getting totaled, obviously, in the media. That's what happens. Was it zero and five? They were. Yes, yeah, zero yeah. and five. So you, you, that happens, especially when you've got the promise of being. Pretty average for a few years and turning it around. Not the promise, but the mm. the anticipation that it will get better. Mm. So when they're 0-4, 0-5, what was the glue, Ciro, that made sure it didn't become 0-11, 0-12? The coach. Yeah. The coach remained positive. He said, well, we're, there's, there's some good stuff. We've, look, we've, we've lost five games, but granted there was a game against the Warriors, which was a stinker of a game. They had their chances. Uh, the Titans game was, a, again, another of a stinker of a game, but they were unlucky to lose that too. So there was there was glimpses of of what they could do, and and and, and don't forget they've my two of their best players aren't, aren't playing at the moment. Like um, Dewey and Big Stefano aren't, mm. aren't out there, which have um, are two of their better players. You know, if if, if you look at our, our roster of, 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 of thirty men, so but the coach he, he remained right. We'll, we'll do this. He, he remained faithful to a group of players. And we, we, we sort of, you know, they, they turned the corner a little bit. You know, um, Jimmy Tumau's been a lot better the last couple of weeks too. He, he's carries there. Alex Twall's been enormous for him as well. He's a bit of an unsung hero. And mm. every team needs an Alex Twall. Guys who just rip in, they, mate, they just clean up. They clean up all, all the, you know, not the glamorous stuff that you see, you know, kicking field goals and running 40 mm. metres for tries. But you need blokes who just do the, the dirty work in the trenches. The bathroom cleaners. Well, that's it. That, that's the way. Someone has to do it. Exactly, mate. You betcha. So, and and and, and Twally's that sort of bloke for us at the moment. So he's 
he's, he's been enormous the last couple of weeks as well. So, but look, there's a, there's another challenge again tomorrow against the Dragons. They've won two in a row. They got their tails up. It should be a, I'm hoping it's going to be a cracking game of footy. Ciro mentioned about the coach. How important is it, Seebs, when it feels like everything's wobbling heavily, that you have to almost, I don't know, is it acting? Because deep down you're probably feeling down yourself, but you can't convey that. Otherwise, that only parlays the feeling that's going on in the dressing room. Do you, do you, do you almost have to kind of put on your happy face? Well, and... I think with Madge, like Madge has been through um, the ups and downs of, of a coaching journey. I mean, he's been a head coach since I think it was 2010 at Wigan, you know, so over a decade. So he's won games, lost games and everything in between. So I think, um, you know, Madge is, is um, you know, he, 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 smart with regards to knowing look we're only a little bit away in this area a little bit away in that area if we can you know we can Mm. just sort of find some some small improvements and that's what he would have been looking at when you're losing games in succession and um, you know, he's done a really good job to, uh, I think, um, you know, parlay that to the supporters and the, and the NRL public. And, um, yeah, it's great, it's great reward for the club and for Mads to get a couple of wins on, on a, in a row. And it's a big game, you know, yeah, Sunday afternoon yeah. tomorrow. And, and, and look, and uh, let's not take away, uh, Parramatta are probably a little bit off off their game. And, and South, South have been guilty. Their, their completion rate's been pretty ordinary all season, really. They, mm. they turn a lot of ball over, you know, um, so they give you a bit of a chance at them, but uh, but they scored some, you know, scored some really good tries, and you know, but it's they, not like they've beaten the tight, ty- you know, the Warriors or the Titans or the Broncos or the, the Dogs. It's two, yeah, good you know, wins, two really good top yeah, eight like teams, two, 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 probably two, two top four sides you would think, but mm. yeah, so they're um, yeah, they're just got to keep it going, mate. I mean, that's a yeah, Seb, I'll tell you, mate, it, it, it's great for one week, but it, it, it's on again next yeah. week. So you just got to get ready. You get about 24 put that hours. Behind, put that behind you. Enjoy it for, yeah, for, for for what you do and you just get ready for next week. So that's 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 the NRL. Yeah. Off to a quick break on crunch time. Thanks to Izuzu. We'll have a look ahead to the three games coming up this afternoon, uh, highlighted by our game here on SEN with the Warriors taking on the Raiders. How do the Warriors bounce back after getting absolutely pizzled last week in Melbourne? Yeah, welcome back to Crunch Time. Uh, we're gearing up for some Saturday footy. It's all thanks to Izuzu. The Izuzu D-Max is born to live. Give us your thoughts, 0457 736 736. The, the game that the uh, the crew, Matty White, Brett Kamali, Sean Timmons, are calling here on SEN, and they'll be on air from uh, just after 2 p.m. with us here. And uh, it's the Warriors taking on the Raiders, so gearing up for Dometic. Dometic uh, Patrol and Icebox with a sense of adventure. Seems to you first, you get beat by 60. You rock up Monday, you're Nathan Brown, you say what? Well, you've got to put to, put it to bed the night before. I think they, mm. they should have reviewed it and dumped it straight after the game. Get it, get it to bed as soon as possible. It's a short turnaround from sorry, Monday was, night. They wake up Tuesday, don't yeah, they? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, from, from, from Monday night <laughs> yeah. to, to Saturday afternoon. Because if you dwell on it, and, and Ciro, you know, Bailey's playing there. Like, if you dwell on it, it, it actually has an impact on your next performance. So I think you need to put it to bed um, ASAP. And in some ways, Brownie might not have even reviewed it. I'm not too sure. You, you might know, Ciro, but I try and dump it as soon as, as, soon as, yeah, as possible. Well, they, mate, their flight was cancelled. I was supposed to leave it like 8.30 to fly back to Brisbane <laughs> after the game, but the flight was delayed till about 2 o'clock. So I think they might have done a quick, yeah. you know, just a quick review. And then, as you say, mate, let's, let's forget that. I mean, they've... The first 40 minutes were pretty good, but just I didn't see that coming after that. And half they've time. been good yeah. to start the season, yeah, Sarah, yeah, haven't they? they? You look at their games, mate. They've been very competitive, and I didn't see that coming either. No, no, that's as you say, probably the less less said the better for the you know, Warriors fans. <laughs> this is a tipster's nightmare. This is a uh, 
just avoid. Just put a line through it if you're looking to maybe have a little tipple on it or try and tip in it because who knows what you're going to get from Canberra. Or, <laughs> actually, there is a pattern. It's a very good Canberra and then it's a not-so-good Canberra. And on Code Sports this week, Lockie McCurdy did a deep dive into some of the stats just to try and put some figures behind everyone's common thought that they fall off a cliff in games. And it's their uh, – Lockie – pinpointed their their run meters their their plus and minus run meters which early stages of a game plus first 20 minutes they're in the positive in terms of run meters up against their opposition then as the game goes on you get to the end of 80 minutes it's off a cliff like that they end up way in the negative is that a fair indication of their problem or is it something else inside the game that you can identify at the moment Steve? well i think that's a good indication because if you look at the first seven rounds, in the second half, they've been held to nil four times out of those seven games. And so, you know, what you're saying there, Adam, I think that probably, um, you know, adds weight to, you know, why they're not scoring points in the second half. You know, like they're, they're camped down there into the field. They're coming off their own try line, putting pressure on themselves. And, and then what happens is everyone sort of – it's an easy thing to say fitness, right? But they've got a guy called Jeremy Hickman who's a very experienced s and coach. And, and Siggy's been a head coach for a long time. So they know how to prepare teams. But what happens is under fatigue, under pressure, when there's field position against you, that's when you sort of start to, to make errors or, or, you know, don't quite execute what you need to do. And I think um, it's been a bit of a trend for Canberra for a number of years. You've got to say that. That is one thing that, um, you, know, we, we've, you know, people have commented on over a number of years. What do you see when you look at Canberra? Zero? Yeah, I, I, there's been a real real decline over the last year, 12 months. and. And all those English players they had, you know, that, you know, they had Bateman, Bateman, Sutton, um, Hodgson, um, Elliot Whitehead. They were, yeah, they were flying there for a couple of years. But I, I don't know if the NRL just being that tough, that you know, week in week in, that that grind, it's, it's taking its toll on them. They're they're probably not as effective as, as they were. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's just yeah. I mean, errors errors are killing the the, 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 yeah, the Raiders, aren't they? They just their completions and. It's just a, it's a it's a pretty simple game sometimes. If if you hold the ball, get get to your kick, and you you, you tackle all right, mate, you're in the game. Well, they're only yeah they're only completing at seventy percent, and uh, their kicking game I think for long kick meters is fifteenth in the league. Yeah. So that that's key stats. That the they're thing is, Adam, well. look, talking about long kicking game. If you look at Melbourne Storm, anytime they're under pressure, they'll kick on an early tackle. If you look mm. at Penrith Panthers, anytime they're under pressure at a yardage, they'll kick on an early tackle. So they try and turn the opposition teams around. And 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 Canberra, obviously, if they're ranked fifteenth, aren't doing that. Yep. Uh, so that's coming up. Warriors, Raiders, who knows what we're going to get? We're going to get some kind of entertainment. I'm not sure exactly who. Won't be too entertaining for Nathan Brown at stages and Ricky Stewart, but for the rest of us as well. Then after that, it's the Dogs and Roosters. So Josh Jackson, big out for the Dogs. He's got COVID. I mean, last year, they can't take a trick. Earlier, earlier this year, they had a bit of a scare. Last year, they had that game when they had about, well, actually, five of them went out when they were meant to be close contact. So they got ruled out of a game and it ripped through them as well. The Roosters, how they back up after Anzac Day. Is it the right game for Trent Robinson to get a kind of reaction given everything that's gone on this week about Trent Barrett, Phil Gould taking a training session, dogs without their their linchpin and Josh yeah, Jackson, I'm, their captain, I should say? I'm not too not too sure how much your players read into that sort of stuff, to be honest, Adam, you know. But, they'll, yeah, I mean, the Roosters will be really disappointed. With, you know, I mean, Anzac Day is such a special day and special game. Hmm. They'll be really disappointed not winning that game, and I reckon they'll they'll they'll, they'll bounce back big time. Hmm. And unfortunately for the the dogs, it'll be at their their expense. I think so. What's missing for the dogs? I know it's early days with all these new players, and they, 
they rightfully have a bit of time to try and blend in with each other, but they don't seem to be a team with much flair in terms of making the opposition guess. If you know what I mean, like yeah, that, definitely. I mean, that, they've they've struggled to score points since Trent Barrett went there, and 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 you know, Baz was the attacking coach at Penrith Panthers, so um, you know, everyone thought, oh, he'll go there. His ideas will will you know cement in, and, and it'll work um, you know work well. But I think you know, they went on a big recruitment um, exercise over the off season, but that takes time. And you spoke about it; just looks a little bit off, and and that's what it is. They've got some really high quality players there individually, but it's about how long it's going to take them to collectively um, you know gel and, and get better and. I think, um, you know, they do need time. And, um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight just because they've got talented players there. But I think, you know, the Bulldogs would have thought that it would, would happen uh, a little bit sooner than uh, than, it, than what it is. Para Cowboys up there in Darwin, Zero. They're going to lose some juice, these players. But uh, oh, the Cowboys, it's going to be hot. <laughs> they'll be used to it. But yeah, um, yeah. Para as well? Um, yeah, they were really good last week. I mean, mm. yeah, not, yeah, Knights were... Let's, let's be honest, pretty pretty ordinary. Their, their, their goal line defence was was left wanting at times, but it was a good reaction uh, after what happened was, to the Tigers. But yeah, I, I reckon the Cowboys. The Cowboys have been, and I've had a bit, had a bit to do with Toddy Payton. He, he he's a he's a pretty smart coach, and he's he's mm. he's, he's got on track in the right way. That the Cowboys. So this is a, I reckon it's, it's a toss of a coin. This game, honestly, I, I mm. think nice, hopefully nice, dry, fast track, which which will suit both sides. So mm. yeah, we shall see. Oh, I agree. I think Cowboys are playing exceptionally well. I love watching them play. Lo- love watching them attack at the moment. Mm. That, they're doing a very good job. Really entertaining team to watch. And power are when power matter on oh. on top of the grass. They're like they're they're great to watch. So it's, it's going to be a really entertaining game. I think it's the test that the Cowboys need. I think you know playing a top four team in Parramatta is the test that the Cow- Cowboys need at the moment. I think they're sitting fifth or sixth on the table, and and they need this test because defensively they're going to be tested by the big mm. bodies of Parramatta through the middle of the park and the speed of Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses. So I think it's a great test for the Cowboys, but a really entertaining game coming up. Off to a quick break on crunch time. Back in a moment to wrap the show up before we get into live footy on SEN. Yeah, just about to wrap up uh, crunch time. Thanks to Izuzu and uh, yeah, Warriors Raiders on the way with Matt White, Brett Kamali and Sean Tibbins. But before that, around the grounds with Paul Serenan out at the Junior Grand Final. Well, Sarah. just a, a, a massive shout out to Shannon Gallant, Robbie Mears and, and the West Magpies, uh, Harold Matthews side. They're, they're leading 40 points to 10 in the Grand Final against the Sharks. So... Uh, the Harold Matts Trophy will be going out to the city's west to the Magpies. So well done to uh, Shannon and Robbie Mears out there. Great win. So that's taking place at Combat Stadium. Combat Stadium today. right now. Yeah, yeah. There's there's only a couple of minutes to go now in the in the, in the grand final, and that's followed by the SG Ball Grand Final, uh, Penrith and the Roosters. So um, it, it's good to have one of our Pathways teams in there. Imagine how many agents are out there. And, oh, that'd you know. be full today. <laughs> yeah. Be like vultures in the back, yeah, the yeah. back pole there. Well, but most of the kids are already signed, aren't they? Well, yeah, well, well, they are. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, but, yeah. but like we said before, some kids coming off con- contract. Yeah, mm. It'll be in- interest for them. What's on for the rest of the Arvo season? Uh, going out to watch a rugby union game, GPS. Uh, New oh, haven't you changed? New are playing Scots. <laughs> have you got your leather, uh, yeah. leather uh, jacket? So I want to go and have a look at that. Uh, yes. I just uh, I know a couple of the teachers out there that have asked me to come out and have a look, so I'll go and have a look this afternoon. Jeeves is downstairs with yeah, your Jaguar right. chauffeur on the way. Zero, yeah. have a good Enjoy. afternoon as well, mate. Thanks, boys. Very enjoyable afternoon. Great afternoon. Good stuff. Uh, yep, Matty White and the crew on the way, and uh, your afternoon in rugby league continues on SEN 1170. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.